0: Somebody's going to go bridge here. Hello, everybody! Welcome back to the Gombridge Podcast, episode eighty-three. My name is Andrew Gardner, joined alongside by Alex Clawson and Steve Brady. Boys, how are we doing today?
1: I am not doing great because I heard Garth Brooks was at Clemson last night, and I was not at Clemson last night for Garth Brooks. Not that I'm a huge Garth Brooks guy, but that sounds pretty fun.
2: I'm also not, not great, because the Red Sox are not great. We're recording on a Monday, and it's like, you know, Gur Monday is not great. It's an off day. Can't even watch the Red Sox, even though it hasn't even been fun to watch the Red Sox. So, you know, how are you doing, Gardner? We never ask you how you're doing. Um, I'm doing okay.
0: Kind of same deal. This team is just awful to watch. Just awful. Also, Gur Mondays, was that from Ted? I think so yeah I think it was great movie but uh yeah we gotta we gotta try to get back on schedule we've been so busy that like recording towards the end of the week has been nearly impossible but the Monday recordings after a tough weekend of the Red Sox just not fun at all just not fun
2: at all it's we're literally the semester's about to be over we have this is like the last full week of classes, and then we go into finals, and I'm graduating. So we're all just very, very busy. So we're trying to make it the content. We're trying to get it out there, but the Red Sox aren't really incentivizing <laughs> anybody to, like, pay attention to them at all. So it's just yeah. been tough all around.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Last week when we left off, we recorded a week ago. It was right before the first game in the Toronto series, and they were coming off a... Uh, series loss to the Rays, and you know this week was was just as just as bad, just as bad. I I, I don't really have like all that much. I, I just I want to know where the hitting is. The offense is non-existent. I mean, I know they scored five runs against the Orioles yesterday, but that whole that grand slam was in garbage time. I mean. It, it, counts. It, it counts. Wasn't even
2: a safe situation for whoever the Orioles closer is. It
0: wasn't even a safe situation after the grand slams. Yeah. it was. It was that out of hand, and you know we'll we'll break stuff down. But I like I I don't I don't know what to make of things. So this this past week I've started. You ever uh, you ever look at the website Baseball Savant?
2: Sometimes, yeah.
0: Pretty. I, I like that site a lot. I've been looking at it. Uh, kind of more than usual, and I've got a couple stats that are interesting on a couple players, but a lot of the Red Sox like they're ex they they have formulas for, and I'm not a big like sabermetrics and analytics guy, but there are all these you know expected wins, expected average, expected this that. The Red Sox are, I think, one of the more unlucky teams in the league, and I'm not pointing my finger at this streak and saying this has been just completely unlucky because they they've been, they've been terrible, but I think the results, the, the results will come. I think, especially on the hitting front. like, this lineup is too good to keep, keep this up.
2: I know he keeps saying that and everybody's probably sick and tired of hearing it. And I'm sick of saying it to be fair, but we are, there's a, a stat that I also saw and I'm not either like an advanced analytics guy. But we're barreling up the ball as good as almost any other team in the league. And we're not getting any hits out of it. We're not getting, we're barely even getting like sacrificed flies and things like that. We're also, and this is where we can point to prove that it's not just being lucky or unlucky. We're also chasing balls out of the zone at like an all-time bad rate. Mm -hmm. We're swinging at everything. If you look at Trevor Story, specifically, not to blame Trevor Story, but he's been hitting bad. Everybody knows that. He looks like a microcosm for pretty much the entire lineup. He looks overeager, overaggressive, but at the same time, the pitchers constantly have him on his heels, and he's not ready for anything that's coming towards him at the plate sometimes you know we get lucky and we connect not not really we've hit like we've hit like six home runs as a team Gardner tweeted out the other day I believe that Chavis Renfro no that know. was
0: that was Cattillo but
2: oh was that you I th- yeah. okay yeah, but you tweeted out the Matt Barnes thing which we'll talk about later but yeah, yeah what, what, what are the they velocity, who the was velocity. the third person
0: was that the velocity
2: yeah, the velocity thing. Yeah. We'll talk about that later when we get to that Uh I was
0: Chavis, Renfro, and Schwarber have hit more home runs than this Red Sox team combined.
2: Okay, well, it's Trevor – or Kyle Schwarber is hitting, like, a, a buck 50 right now, too. So His
0: average is is pretty trash, and, I mean, the power numbers are there. That's I mean, that's kind of what you're going to get with Trevor's story. But – or not with Trevor's story. Kyle uh, Schwarber. With Kyle Schwarber. But I know we had mentioned – I think it was, like, the first week of the year – and we had been like, "Oh, Renfro is stinking it up in in Milwaukee." You know, good trade, this that.
2: I don't know if I ever said that, but I don't sure. know.
0: I forget. I, I think we just talked about it generally, as as a whole. The things I would do to have Hunter Renfro back in this lineup would would be would be very great, great things.
2: Well, he's been like Milwaukee's best hitter, I think, at this point. He is hitting – 2.4 with five home runs.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, again, I'm staying on this train. Jackie Bradley Jr., he's just – he's a good defender. He's above average defender. I – he is just such a bad hitter. He's such a bad hitter. Whenever he comes up to the plate, it's an automatic out. And, Klaus, I know you were just grabbing your dinner there. We were talking some analytics, talking barrel balls. We were talking (sighs) – well, I know. No, do
1: you want to, without me?
0: Yeah, I know. I know. We, we kind of yeah. went off the rails there. You guys, Not, talk about,
1: you guys talk about Catholicism without the Pope? <laughs> buddy.
0: <laughs> uh, no, but I was, I was just about to say, I was looking at Jackie Bradley Jr.'s just – I was looking at a whole bunch of things, you know, how he's hitting different pitches, where he's hitting stuff. He has barreled one ball this year. One ball. And it was an out. It was a fly out. Hunter Renfro has barreled nine balls this year. He's eight for nine on those balls, and he has five home runs on those balls.
1: Well, here's the thing. Jackie Bradley Jr. absolutely sucks at the plate. That's no surprise to anybody, but it's not like this is a Jackie Bradley Jr. problem and everyone else is just, like, hitting dingers out here, and barreling balls up. This team just can't hit.
0: I, ch- I checked the lineup before the game. I don't remember what what game it was. I think it was yesterday's game when we had that guy. Was, what's his name? Jordan Davis. He appeared out of thin air. I've, I've, oh yeah, yeah. I've, I've genuinely only had that happen one other time where they've panned to somebody on the field, and I'm like, who is that guy? But I, you you check the lineup card, and virtually everybody is hitting below 200. Between after the fifth, the fifth spot in the lineup, like Bradley's terrible, Dahlbeck is. Hot garbage. They release Travis Shaw.
1: Clausen. Here's the thing about Bobby Javbek, though he's not bad. He, they just put him in the wrong spot in the order. The man can hit. They just don't want to put him in a spot. He's he's a he's great when he has guys in front of him that are on base, but when he's leading off or there's
2: no one on base, he just can't hit. Here's the thing about uh, about Bobby too, is that he's. I don't know if his. I think his approach at the plate is is bad, as I've said, that it. everybody's approach at the plate has been bad, barring even maybe Xander Bogarts. However, he's still chasing at, like I think, a career high rate on balls outside of the zone. Bob, I was watching a broadcast, I don't know, probably a week ago, and they pointed out that he is not pulling the ball at all, and that when he really got going last year, he started to pull the ball, and that's where all of his power is. If you remember the game we went to when we were up there together. I think it was the second one we went to Bob hit like two home runs yep. over the monster. He p- was pulling everything. And now I don't know if he's trying to use the entire field. He's in his own head or what it is, but everybody's approach just sucks right now.
0: Steve, can you, uh, could you allow me to share my screen? Uh, I know the, the listeners won't be able to see this, but I want to explain something about Bobby real quick. So here's Bobby's baseball savant page. So, I mean, you look at his hits so far and what's that? Six out of ten have been towards the right side of the field. So yeah, he's not pulling the ball. But you look at his—I I don't know where this this analytics talk is coming from today, but we're, we're going to dive into it. His average exit velo and max exit velo, like those are above 50, 50th percentile in the league. But then you look at chase rate, you look at whiff rate. Top whiff rate—he's—he's he's third percentile. Horrible. It's bad. He's hitting the ball hard, but he's hitting it to the wrong place. And the one and other also, thing,
2: like you just said, he's whiffing a ton.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, the one other thing I wanted to point out with Bob is his batting order splits, which I was looking at yesterday.
2: We we had a conversation similar to this last year where we, we did talked about I... all of Bob's splits and found like a good spot for him in the lineup and stuff. I
0: think I think last year it was around seventh. It was right after Renfro, somewhere around there. Yeah, Bobby this year has had at-bats hitting 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th. The majority of his at-bats have come with him hitting in the 7th hole. However, when he um, is hitting not in the 5th hole, he is hitting a clean 94. When Bobby's hitting 5th in the lineup, He's hitting 333. Now, I think you can – can you make a case it's a little fluky? Yeah, the sample size isn't huge. I was but, just going
2: to say the sample size is probably very
0: small. It's pretty small. But, you know, maybe putting Bob around some other guys, with bigger protection in the, or, you know, with more protection allowed, doing some good. I mean, they brought Franchi up. Klaus, I know you're happy about that. After they released Shaw, and they had him hitting fifth yesterday or two days ago against the Orioles. I mean, this lineup is, is fluctuating everywhere. Kike's not hitting leadoff anymore. is just trying to find a combination that works. So, plug Bobby in at five, and let's get the ball rolling.
1: Can I, can I share my screen? I think I found the, the root cause of this. Go for it. Can yeah. I share my screen? I need to be able to share my screen.
2: Oh, I'm not on, the, I'm not on the, the call right now. I'm trying to get back to it. Gretter, can you give it to him? Oh, God. This is groundbreaking research i have no idea where my zoom tab went it's just gone go. <laughs> i, I got you back
0: <laughs> there you go clausen
2: but yeah we could talk about advanced analytics all day long and unless you're a diehard red sox fan which i guess if you're listening to this podcast you must care about the team kind of a lot clausen <laughs> just pulled this, up a picture of wally the green monster is why the team sucks he spends too much time
1: in the clubhouse he's talented. he's Telling Raffy, he's telling all these. He's telling JBJ. He's like, "Listen, the key to baseball: don't barrel the ball. Do be where they aren't." It's a bold strategy. It is a bold strategy. So it's a wrong strategy. Wally's trying to tank this team.
0: I think we're in think about it.
1: The less think about it. The less people in the park, the more time Wally has to scheme. The less people are around to foil his plans.
2: Then I don't know if I mentioned it. Last week, I think I did.
1: Steve doesn't care.
2: (laughs) I don't care. This is That was a waste of time. (laughs) Just kidding, Clausen. Not really. But somebody was saying on Jared's podcast, and I think I might have mentioned it, or only briefly mentioned it, that the loss of Kyle Schwarber had a lot more of an impact than just in the games and that he was always a guy that had a good approach at the plate. And that approach something that was contagious. And this is kind of maybe something you can look at with three different examples. So when JD came to the team, it felt like everybody was replicating what JD did. And everybody wanted to listen to what JD's approach at the plate was because they saw him as somebody who was coming in specifically to help this team. So they figured he knows something. Let's listen to him. 2018, everybody hit really good. Obviously, 2018 might be like the best team of all time. Kyle Schwerver, last year, same kind of thing, comes in, everybody's approach gets better. Right now, Trevor Story comes in. His approach is bad. He's too overeager at the plate. Now everybody, including JD, looks too overeager at the plate, too aggressive, swinging outside the zone. I don't know what if there's actually something tangible there, but an interesting thought that just came to my head.
0: No, I think that's a good thought. I mean, really, we're we're just trying to pull at strings to come up with anything because again, you can, we, we, we've made the general statement that, you know, this lineup is too good to, to be struggling like this, but realistically, what is it? And yeah, maybe chasing pitches and having a worse approach at the plate is, is something you can point to. And I mean, uh, I know Red Sox stats. uh, Today tweeted this out. So on the road trip, Verdugo hit 167 with a 167 slugging percentage, and his expected numbers were 304 and 538. I mean, he had a, a ton of flyouts to the warning track, a ton of hard-hit balls, and the Red Sox this year have already made 61 outs on batted balls with an expecting bat, batting average higher than 500. So, again, I think it's a combination of those things. I'm not completely pointing at things, saying that it's it's luck or any – like we're unlucky because we're not – there. Have been a ton uh, uh, you know up and down the lineup and a couple of handful of pitchers have been just awful. So we'll so, see we'll see what turns around, but
2: I mean, yeah, like stepping away from the hitting aspect of the team because we could harp on the same kind of things over and over again and talk in a circle. And before we get to the pitching aspect of the team, how would you guys, I know what I would say to this question, how would you guys rate us defensively so far? Hmm.
1: I would say on a scale of
2: what? Do you think that we're even league average? Do you think we're above league average? I think we're far below league average.
0: I was going to say about league average. I know the beginning, uh, maybe a little bit above, but I know like the first week or two of the season, we had like three errors, but now I know Bogarts and Story have been struggling a little bit and, same with Dahlbeck, but...
2: I'll tell you... So, I'm looking at outs above average, which I have now decided is my favorite defensive stat because defensive run saved is stupid. It doesn't make any sense. Outs above average is pretty much the same kind of thing we're talking about. It's expected. You know, what is expected? What play is expected to be made? And if the player makes an expected play then it's pretty much a zero, like outs above average. Everybody should make that play. It's a zero. If it's like a one above average, then it's slightly harder than for the average defensive player in the league. And if it's a negative one, then it was a really easy play and you missed it pretty much. Now, those those numbers fluctuate depending on how, uh, what the difference is between percentages between what the expected play should be. So I'll tell you who do you think is has the best outs above average on the team right now? JBJ. JBJ. Three outs above average. Who do you think second? It's not somebody you, you would think. Dalbeck. It's Devers. It's Devers. It's two. And then again, third, somebody you also want to think. For Dugo. No. Dalbeck. It's Bob. Really, one. Everybody else is either at zero or negative, right now. Who's
0: who's the lowest? Xander,
2: he's at minus three outs above average.
0: Okay.
1: Who's the lowest?
2: I think Xander. Xander. So, but this doesn't have everybody that's played games so far. These are just like the highest uh, amount of games appeared at a certain position. Pretty I good gotcha. Travis uh, Shaw got rid of him. He was minus two. KK makes all the plays he should make. None of the plays that. He, would be spectacular, and he doesn't really miss the easy ones. Same thing kind of with Verdugo. And then Story also is at a negative one outs above average. So our defense has been bad. And then you can point at games like when we probably should have won in extras, maybe, maybe should have won. It wasn't a lock that we were going to win. And then Saramora just air- airmailed that ball over third, just little things like that. Nobody seems like they're locked in at all on any side of the ball. Defensively, offensively pitching, it's all bad.
0: It's It's just been such a lackluster start. What would you you point your finger at as the most exciting moment of the season so far? Can you think of one?
1: Honestly, Michael Walker going out each time and just being a great surprise. I agree. I think Uh, because he had such a low floor and he's been the second best pitcher in the rotation this year. He's been the best. Well has got a better Vivaldi has better numbers. Nah. But Walkers winning games. He's got so, a better ERA, which Evaldi.
0: No, Waka does. Walker's got a one five.
1: Yeah. I just look unless ESPN's lying to me.
0: He might not be on there. He might not have enough innings pitched. But yeah, I mean no, the, the most all-
2: exciting game of the season, slash moment, I guess, is when Whitlock closed out a game over what, four innings? We're even yeah. playing, then. That's I was like, gonna say,
0: yeah. I was gonna but, say that or the Deekman save against the Yankees, where he came in. Yeah,
2: saved. where he came three straight lefties.
0: Or or the Barnes when Barnes came in with the bases loaded, but that was moments away from being an absolute disaster.
2: Speaking of Matt Barnes, he sucks.
0: Yeah. Do we want to talk about Matt Barnes right now?
2: Well, yeah, I guess we might as well shift in the pitching. Uh, Who else better to talk about first than Matty Backpacks? I'll he start sucks. this off.
0: I'll start this off by a on a lighter note, a good funny tweet that I saw the other day. And uh, it was like, it was prefaced in in the sense of Red Sox fans kind of complaining to Haim. They're like, Haim, please sign our all-stars to an extension. And he's like, and he was like, oh, who, Matt Barnes? And they're like, no, no, not that one, not that one. And that was the one that Haim has signed to an extension last year. I don't know what happened after that. I don't know what happened after that because his numbers, the the fall from glory of being one of the, the best closers in the game last year. to for half a season. Well, I, I know that it wasn't exactly sustainable. Like, you know, we had been talking. If you go back to our season preview last year, we were like, you know, Ottavino is going to take it over. I mean, we didn't have the highest expectations for Matt Barnes. I
2: mean, he, he was literally like good for the first half of the season last year.
0: Right, and then we signed him to this extension, and then he was bad. I don't know what happened. Uh, Steve, you had mentioned – excuse me, before I was looking at Matt Barnes uh, and his kind of pitch pitch usage today uh, in his career and how that has shifted. His fastball, I would say on – I don't have the average number, but I would say on average – for his career, sits around 96 miles an hour, and this year it's at 93.9, and his percentage of use, usage for the fastball is also at an all-time low by over 12 percent. He's only throwing the fastball 37 and a half percent of the time now, and he's turned into like he two years ago he wasn't even throwing a changeup. He's got a changeup now. I think his other pitch that he uses a lot is is that sinker, right?
2: Uh, I'm, current, I'm looking at his, his savant page and they have curveball four-seam changeup. He does have a sinker. I think the rate that he uses it is low, though. So, um, Or, you know, it's a splitter. It's a splitter. It's a splitter, the splitter
0: I think. So, his fa- – I mean, he's he's definitely lost velocity on his fastball. It's not – and we see that happen with guys. And we, we've talked about that, you know, in the past. We I think we talked to Bronson about this, too. Like, if you want to be a good pitcher in the league for a long time, you've got to be able to – adapt your repertoire, because unless you're Justin Verlander, you're not going to be throwing 98 until you're 40 years old. You're just not going to be able to. But Matt Barnes is still young, and it's – I don't think it's – maybe it's a physical thing. I mean, I'm not behind the scenes as a doctor, but something's not right still. Something's not right.
1: He's in a position, too, where he's supposed to be able to throw fast. Like, if you're a starter and you throw – like, John Lester was never a velocity guy. He always threw, like, 92, 93, but he was Mm -hmm. great. But you got to, if you're going to be in a closer position, you just got to pump gas for an inning. The only guy that I can think of that didn't, and this was like the end of his career, but didn't throw hard was Mariano Rivera. But that's because he had such a good pitch that he could lean on that wasn't a fastball.
0: I, th- I mean, I think for Barnes too, it's not even that he's not getting the opportunities to even close right now. They're putting him in, and I think besides Sawamara, the lowest leverage situations out of any guy in the bullpen. They're putting him in in situations where you say, Matt, go out there, grow your confidence, get your pitches, right. We're putting you out. You know, we're up eight runs. We're down eight runs. You're pitching against the bottom of, of the Orioles lineup. And you know, those should be situations where if it's not physical and it's mental, where he should be able to, to bring back part of what made him so good. And if he can't do it, then when there's zero pressure on him, you know when else is he going to do it?
2: So you're like, we're diving we're diving deep into advanced analytics right now, which I don't well, know. No, I, I'm for it. So two stats that have lined up over the past two years so far are his out of zone swing percentage, so the amount of times that he throws a ball out of the zone and the percentage of time so that the batter will swing at it. So last year, it was at 32% of the time he threw a ball out of the zone. Almost a third of the time he threw the ball out of the zone, the batter would swing at it. And that's kind of where his bread and butter is with the curveball and the, and the splitter. So you set up those two pitches with the fastball by putting that in the zone. And then a lot of times you get the strikeout with either the uh, off-speed or the breaking ball. Sometimes he went up top, like upstairs with the fastball, but he can't do that now. He can't, do, he can't go upstairs with the 93-mile-per-hour fastball. So those are things that are linked right there. And then the other thing that I wanted to point out is that the out of zone swing percentage is been consistently like the same as his whiff percentage. So because he isn't getting swings out of the zone right this year, it's the same 25% out of zone swinging percentage percentage and the whiff percentage on the pitches is 20 and in, in general is also 25%. So if he can't, utilize all three of those pitches together, then he can't pitch like Matt Barnes is supposed to pitch. He can't go up top with the fastball. He can't put balls out of the zone to get people to chase because everything just like sucks right now. It's not lined up.
1: I mean, Steve, to your point, you, if you're going to throw out of the zone, you either got to throw too hard where they can't see it or a good enough pitch to where it looks like a strike and ends up out of the zone. He's not doing either of them.
0: Uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm looking at his numbers and it's just, I, I don't I don't know what's... I don't know what is going on with him. I don't know this what gotta, is
2: going
1: on. There's got to be something. Like, he you must think, have gotten hurt.
0: Well,
2: all of his velocity
1: started. across the board
0: is
2: down. Right.
0: I mean, his curveball from even a couple of years ago is down on average two miles an hour.
2: I wonder what his spin rate's like.
0: Mm, I honestly don't know off the top of my head
2: where you can find that. I don't either. Um, His hard hit percentage is career high. So when he gets hit... It it's hard. People are barreling up pretty easily. People are hitting 333 against this fastball right now. So, like I said, you can't strike people out. He's a strikeout pitcher.
0: Uh, I don't know. I will say this year um, he – His his expected like on base averages is, is some of the best in the league, and so is his expected ERA. So I I don't I don't really know what what you link that to, and I I don't know how exciting it is you know to even you know talk more about that, but I don't know I don't I, like didn't he he cut his finger slicing peppers like last September that was the big big problem allegedly yeah and then. He uh I honestly think it's a confidence issue. I really do.
2: K percentages in the tenth percentile.
0: Like that's pretty bad. Guys are making contact, but it's it is good contact.
1: So I don't know if this is anything related. I'm on baseball savant right now, and you look at his like spray chart, I guess pitching spray chart. I don't know what the technical term is, but anything high in the zone, like anything above the, the top half is a fastball. Anything below is a curveball. Don't know if that has anything to do with it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it has exactly to do with what I just said. They're same. not chasing out of the zone, and he's not throwing hard enough to go up in the zone with the fastball. So neither of those strikeout, you know, a- approaches. The two strikeout approaches he has as a pitcher, he's not going to dot it on the corner. He's never dotted it on the corner. You know, he's never been able to paint the ball. He's been a power pitcher, right? That's what he's always been.
0: Steve, nice. you, you mentioned his, his spin rate. I can give you his curveball spin rate. It's in the first percentile in the league.
2: It's always been. It always has been to be to be fair.
0: To be low. Okay. Well, still, I, I mean.
2: I think. No, I no, been, I, no I think I had that backwards. I thought that I thought it was 99th percentile. No, first
0: percentile
2: is, is bad. It's low. Out
0: of a, out of a hundred people, he would have, have the worst. So oh
2: it's not not matt barnes fault
0: it's, i don't know uh moving on from the matt barnes talk to some other bullpen talk yeah so so game specifics valdez was horrible this week he's off the team he, they send him down they, they cut the roster from 28 down to 26 uh ro's had been hurt he's on a rehab assignment so they called up yeah, Jamai. What was I? Can't, I don't even remember his name. Jamai Davis. My Webster. Yeah, Jamai Webster know. was was out there. No, David Jordan Davis. Jamai Davis. I don't know. I, I tweeted that out on Tuesday or whatever game that was. Not Tuesday. Uh, what would have been it? Would have been Saturday and when he was pinch running, and I was like, Who's this guy? and people were like. Dude, at a time. Secret move. Like, it's like a
1: secret weapon, bro. I was
0: like, no, not every move Heim makes is gonna be like that guy. Like it's. Just...
1: It's like when Bill Belichick drafts like a fifth round prospect in the first round, and everyone's like, "Oh, this guy's gonna be a tank." He sees something in him. His yeah, exactly.
0: Up... It's like, you know, just because he's on the team, I'm allowed to say that. Like, who the hell is this guy?
2: Well, there's so many people in an MLB system. There's just no way that you can you can know all of them.
0: Well, no, they claimed him off waivers from the Giants Giants.
2: Okay, yeah. That guy. Yeah, yeah Jalen Jalen
0: Davis. Jalen Davis.
2: I did see that move.
0: So I, I hadn't even seen that had happened. He has played in 28 MLB games in his career. He's got two home runs. He's hitting 179 with a 520 OPS. Like, not a wild thing to say. You know, I thought maybe he had like maybe he was like a uh, a guy you can bring off the bench to run. He's got one stolen base in his career. Again, not not every move Haim makes. I, I love Haim. He, he's good at his job, but I just found that funny where people were like, "Dude, what are you talking about?" Is Haim Bloom, like,
2: <laughs> you uh, want to hear another move that Haim made? Not not I mean, extraordinarily recently, but that just didn't pan out. Andrew, uh, share share my screen right now, purely solely for comedic effect. Just, just look at all this. <laughs> no way. Cutter Crawford. Cutter Crawford for almost every single category is in the one percentile. <laughs> he just has blue. So blue is bad. Red is good. Blue means cold. Red means hot. Every single stat across the board is a dark, dark blue for Cutter Crawford.
0: That's what I'm saying. People are like, I, like I'm. I don't get the, I don't get the deal behind. I don't get, and I had said around the first week of the season, I was like, I'd rather have Darwin's in or Derek Hall. I mean, look at these pitches, look at these pitches, like like, his hot zone for his fastball is, is down,
2: down Broadway. It's literally these two really hot zones for his fastball. They're direct center of the plate and center of the plate, slightly above direct center.
0: And look, look at his cutter. It's like middle. And then like,
2: an eighth in, it's just insane. It's just insane, and I, you know, I don't, I don't even know what to say at this point with with these guys. You you can talk about the good people, but there's only a few of them right now. Right. Like Walker pitching well.
0: It's also not as fun to talk about them when. when well,
2: they're... it's good to talk about the good players when we're winning, and it makes more sense to talk about the bad players when we're fucking like nine in a hundred. <laughs>
0: I don't know how we're all what's our record? Nine fifteen, fourteen.
1: Something bad. Nine and fifteen. Nine and fourteen.
0: How are we only five games under five hundred? I feel like we haven't haven't won like
1: Isn't this. It's because this team is good. Like it's talented. It's just playing awful.
0: Uh, no. Michael
2: Waka, bro. He just wings. Michael
0: Waka, bro. He's pitching tomorrow. Waka Waka. Pretty pumped for Pretty... a little Walker time tomorrow.
1: Did you, did you break the news, Guardy? What's that? But tomorrow?
0: Oh, I did not. Uh, well, first off, I'll preface it by saying this. A huge, huge, huge thank you to Brian for letting us use his seats tomorrow and on Sunday. A huge thank you. The go. Huge thank you. So, Brian's the man. Brian is, is awesome. That, uh, that is huge. We will be at the game i know Clausen and i will be going tomorrow against the angels and two of us will at least be going on sunday we're still trying to figure out who if not all three of us yeah but yeah a huge thank you and and we will uh again trying to trying to get you more coverage at fenway this year
2: hopefully tomorrow you guys go you got to win. Steve, uh, we, we got to win.
1: We got to win. Bat's got to show up. I need a laser show. I need a Johnny Laser show. Johnny Who's got to show up? Johnny Laser has a show. I when did Johnny
0: Laser die?
2: Uh, 2003, I thought I read that, that when I made reason, that clip. I don't think that's right.
0: He. There's no way. No 2002, way. he was 90 years old.
2: Oh, wow. Good for Johnny Lazore slash Laser. <laughs> <Sorry>. You also.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna text my grandpa. No, there's no way he would have been like two years old. I was maybe. gonna text text my. No, I was gonna say I was gonna. My grandpa is like the biggest Red Sox fan of all time. In fact, I think maybe next off season he'd be he'd be great to have on here if we want to have like he's a history or ex history teacher too. Like Don't anything. Me. No, my grandpa. Like anything Red Sox related, like history wise walking encyclopedia it's incredible
1: i'm but, uh, i'm looking at his wikipedia page the, the the last paragraph is pretty funny uh or the last i guess couple sentences are pretty oh funny. Why?
0: is it like the gone bridge podcast named their 82nd episode Like yeah
1: oh cool it goes laser previously had worn number 82 in 1943 in a december 2001 interview lazor <laughs> oh, let's call him laser said he did not know why he wore the number and claimed he thought he wore the number 29
2: I think he switched. He didn't wear 82 for his whole career. Interesting. Like, none of the baseball cards that I, I looked at for him on Google had 82 on them.
0: Alfredo Aceves now holds the highest number worn by a Red Sox player, 91. He was a great player. I loved him. Did you know that, At a, if we're getting wacky with stats today, did you know that at one point in Major League history, Alfredo Aceves' minimum, like, 40 50 career starts had the highest win percentage ever. He was like 29 and 2.
2: I did not that's know it. that.
0: He was, uh, because he pitched for the Yankees. Let's see, Alfredo Seves. Yeah. So his uh, first four years in the league, he right. went,
2: well, hold on. Not to cut you off. go yeah. wears 99.
0: Oh, wait. True. Yeah. No, that's, that's not right anymore. Someone hasn't updated the Lasers Wiki in a while.
2: I literally as you said that I was like, you? we're yeah, 99. No, I, I, I was thinking about 99?
0: that. I was like, no one's Yeah, no, you're you're completely right. It says Sorry. pages last edited on listen, everything you read on the internet is is right. I thought so
2: that's why you can't use Wikipedia as a source, kids.
0: That's that is a prime example right there. Uh but Alfredo Aceves, first four years in the league, one and 1-0, and one, three and 10 and two. So he was 24 and 3. And then the following year with the Red Sox in 2012, he went two and ten. Tank. Hell yeah. Um didn't he, did he go to Yankees after? He went back to the Yankees in 2014. That was the last last anyone ever heard from him. I wonder if we could get him on the show. He'd be a great guest.
1: Let's get Johnny Laser on
0: the ghost of Johnny laser. Maybe. Yeah. That'd be cool. Uh, what was I going to say? So, yeah, I mean, we didn't really do like a a game recap. I don't really want to this week sucked though. The series in Toronto was just so unnotable. I mean, one nothing game Whitlock pitches a gem. You'll lose that. Just not, not anything to get excited about nothing to get excited about the one game we win. It's a two to one. uh, sorry. 7-1 7-1 to one win. Offense finally came around in that one. But just a crappy series in Baltimore. I don't know how you lose two out of three to them. You know, we didn't even talk about. Ivaldi had a no-hitter through through five and two-thirds. Steve claimed that I jinxed that one again. I didn't, but.
2: I don't know. Uh, meh.
0: Eh, eh. It was quite, it was a That was a borderline jinx. Borderline jinx.
2: Well, did the no-hitter come to fruition?
0: It certainly did not, Steve. In fact, we didn't even win the game.
2: Well, there you go.
0: So, yeah. So, the week ahead, off today, got three against the Angels and three against the White Sox. If we can, we should try to get back on schedule and record on Thursday or Friday after the Angels series. But... That is what, what we're looking at for this week.
2: Did we, slash should we, even, like, go through the games of the last two series or not even bother?
0: uh I know you were just, like, paying grab something in the last minute or two. I, I said we didn't, like, I, I just mentioned how, I mentioned the no-hitter, I mentioned the the series in Toronto, honestly, just kind of blurred together. I mean, you had the, the one win with the good offense, but, you know, I mentioned Whitlock and It's just
2: a couple solid plays on defense by Toronto that took the wind out of the sails. Springer I think had that really good catch in center field.
0: Springer also had that grand salami. Yeah.
2: George Springer was hitting like prime Babe Ruth out there. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. It's totally not worth it. So I think that would just be a waste of time and uninteresting to even talk about all those things. We took one game each series. Two and five, right for the last, last yep. two series, Pretty not bad. good. Waka versus Syndergaard tomorrow. Syndergaard's had a hot start to the season. Waka also have. has yeah, had a have. hot start to the season. I would, it would be interesting if Syndergaard actually like, returned to form. Yeah, He's been good so far.
0: I've, I've always liked him.
2: Yeah, I don't. I didn't like that he tweeted when Kyle Schwarber got ejected. however long ago that happened. He tweeted out, like, I think the tr- I think that was a good call. like uh, just being a, said like that? A picture, oh, like a pitcher. It, like it was like a joke, clearly. But he's like, I wish I had that strike zone every start and stuff like that. So oh, he's God. like, no robot umps, pretty much, is what he got at. Because his control sucks. Yeah. Well, he throws like 100. I don't know I if know. he still does, but he, he used to.
0: That Mets rotation in like, 2015 was nasty. Dude, Absolutely nasty.
2: DeGrom, Syndergaard. The darkler,
0: Harvey, Cologne, Nice. Yeah. Pretty good. Uh, so the Angels have not announced starters for Wednesday or Thursday yet. For the Red Sox, you get Waka, you get Whitlock on Wednesday, you get Hill on Thursday. I assume Shohei was scheduled to pitch Wednesday, although he tweaked his hamstring yesterday against the White Sox. So I think he's day to day. We'll see if he plays at all. And, yeah, other than that, I mean, the Angels rotation is not great. You got Dylan Bundy, you got Pablo Sandoval – not – not
2: Pablo Sandoval. It?
0: Patrick Sandoval. Patrick Sandoval.
2: Thoughts on continuing to give Whitlock starts?
0: Thoughts on continuing to give Kevin Plowacki innings?
2: Yeah, to both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to both. I don't know. Whitlock, I, I feel like, could could have won us some games at certain points. Steve, he, he, what else could he have done? No, I'm not saying when he started. Oh. Like his starts were good. Oh. But had we been able to, like, pull him out of the bullpen. I completely agree. People have been giving us opportunities to win. Like, our starters have been arguably the best part of the team right now. Besides Pavetta, everybody, I mean, he pitched Pav- okay. Pavetta's been dog water recently. Horrible. Horrible. I mean, Rich Hill has a as a three seven one. That's a he, that's enough turned. to win. That's enough to. It should be if our offense didn't. If, if they just woke up slash our bullpen could hold a, a, three run lead.
0: Right. Um. What was I gonna say about that? Yeah, mm-hmm. I like Whitlock in that role a lot better. I I I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. People had been saying it. You know. The Red Sox win win another game in Toronto if Tanner Houck is vaccinated. Probably, it, it, yeah. it would have happened. That would have happened.
2: That's that's nobody's fault.
0: There was that one game. I forget which game it was where you looked for Whitlock, and yeah, it was the game that uh, which the walk off game. We didn't. We didn't even talk about the walk off game. That was horrible. They were. Which game was that? Uh,
2: the one where Samurai airmailed it.
0: Or no, that, against, no, that was
2: in the uh, second
0: Against Toronto, Toronto.
2: Yeah, like you just said, the Toronto series just blended together big time.
0: Yeah, I mean, what game?
2: Was oh, that? game game three when Whitlock started.
0: Uh, no, it was game game two. Okay, yeah, it wasn't hockey. Yeah, two. when we were up five to two going into the ninth and you bring in Diekman and you know then Barnes gives up the the home run to Springer to tie it and Strom you know they end up losing it in the tenth
2: inning on the uh I think it was a sack fly. I mean yeah to be fair prior to that game I I don't think I would have, like, as I was watching live, maybe if Houck's available, who knows, like, what I would have thought. But I, would, I thought in my head, like, oh, Deekman, sure. This should be good. Like, this should mm. be good enough to win. I was like, Barnes, questionable, probably, there, because I have no faith in Matt Barnes right now. And then Strom, I've liked Strom for the most part this year.
0: So. He's been good for the most part. He's been good for the most part. I mean, when you look at the bullpen as a whole, like as you said, Steve, most guys have been, you know, have been pretty solid. I mean, Whitlock's got a 5 4 ERA. Hanzo Robles, 0.93. Sal Morris turned it around, 2.45. Brazier, 2.57. Davis, 2.79. Our, our worst guys have been, you know, Diekman and Barnes. And obviously, Faldez and, and Cutter Crawford have been
2: horrible as well. But I think you know, the thing is, it's just like when somebody gets blown up, like not the entire bullpen pitches bad every single game, but somebody always just gets blown
0: up. And it, it seems to just be horrible timing every yeah. time, too. It's
1: a revolving door.
2: Yeah, it is like oh, hey man, I let up like four runs the other day. You gotta, it's your turn. And then Cutter Crawford's <laughs> like, all right, I'm let me just groove like ninety five down the dick. Here you go.
0: Exactly. Um. So yeah, that's uh. You guys, you got anything else from the past week? What a what a horrible week.
2: No, I don't.
0: Xander's hitting well, three sixty
2: nine. Nice, it's a high average.
0: Mm hmm. JD's hitting three hundred five as well.
2: Davis hitting two ninety nine.
0: Yeah, I mean those three guys have been great.
2: And then you got, you got Bob. 147. Got JJ mm-hmm. Also 147. Mm-hmm. Got Kike. Spent under 200. 195. 195. And you got Trevor Story. I think he was at like 240 the other day. Now he's at 217. So that's telling.
0: What uh? You, what when do we think his first home run is going to be?
2: Mm, when do we play in in Colorado?
0: I don't think we play there this year. Do we?
2: Well, then I guess he's not going to hit one.
0: Alright,
1: cool. Tomorrow.
0: You think tomorrow he's gonna to hit one?
1: Sure, why not? I'm saying Thursday. First big fly.
2: I bet uh he'll hit two in the in the in one game before he hits one in one game.
0: I like it. I like it. Should we uh give our Alex Corey Impact players of the week? If you got anybody?
2: I decline.
1: I'm going to go and say anyone who faces Cutter Crawford, I'm uh, going to give him like a .99 because it's like batting practice.
0: I'm going to give my Alex Corey Impact Player of the Week to Travis Shaw for finding a way to only get sent down to the minors and not completely outright released. Honestly, a pretty impressive job out of him.
1: <laughs> it's like, that is impressive because most people that get DFA'd are just bad enough to get cut.
0: Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, you know, you, you really stink. Actually,
1: but... they're usually so bad that nobody wants them. That well, was the that was funny. what happened.
0: He didn't get claimed off waivers. They, yeah, they just yeah. outrighted him to to Worcester. I was like, they didn't just release
2: them. It's like, you know, when like you're eating pizza with somebody mm-hmm. and like they're 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 eating like really like really gross, and they're then at the end, they're like, Does anybody want to eat my crust? And you're like, no, you just like, that was gross. What you were doing to that thing. I don't want to eat that. And then you're like, all right, I guess I'll take it home with me. Maybe I'll eat it later.
1: <laughs> you're
0: like,
2: you're going to eat that later. Yeah, it's like, maybe you're, I could have Travis I've... Shaw at a later date. It's like, I got the option to. They,
0: they do have the option to,
2: but then in like two months, it's like, we're going to be looking for something like in the fridge. And like, that'll still be in the back of the fridge. And you're gonna be like, oh shit, I'm really hungry right now. I gotta eat something, and then, and then you'll eat it, and then Travis Travel will be back, back in the MLB. I hope not, but yeah, that'd be really gross, wouldn't it? Two month would, old pizza crust that wasn't good in the first place.
0: Yep, that would not. That be would be great. disgusting. Um, one last thing. Would you say the bullpen management has been bad?
2: I would say that I probably wouldn't. I don't question the decisions that Cora makes in the moment. But then hindsight being 2020, I'm like, oh, well, of course, Matt Barnes was going to get blown up. And then it's like, well, if you look who is available and then like Matt Barnes is supposed to be good. And you're like, oh, I guess that makes sense. The core would do that. And then it just didn't work out.
0: Remember when I said I've been saying every episode that I'd rather have Jaron Duran instead of Jackie Bradley Jr.
2: Well, Jackie Bradley Jr. is a three outs above average, bro.
0: I don't give a shit. He can't hit the ball. He's got one barrel. Jaron Duran in the minors this year is hitting 360 with a 1.018 OPS. Okay. It's well, the
2: Miners, man. Yeah, it's different. Frenchie Cordero is God in Worcester. He is literally the second coming of Jesus Christ in Worcester. And then we'll you come, call, come to Boston. He's not.
0: Call a quad A player right there.
2: So we call quad A player, man.
0: Quad A player we got some questions.
2: Nice. From who? Uh,
0: they uh, come in from Matt.
2: Oh, cool cool, cool.
0: cool. First question comes in from Matt. He said, what band would you most want to hang out backstage with most?
2: The most. You just said like the same three words like eight times.
0: I just read it off. I read it how it was sent. What band slash artists would you want to hang out backstage with most?
2: That's not what you said anyway um i don't know like right now like today or like in their prime
0: however you want to interpret that it's up to you
2: i mean you guys ever see the dirt no all right cool uh it's a movie about motley crew i mean they seemed like just psychos i feel like and, most
0: bands are
2: yeah and so long as like i don't die I would, that would be cool for like a night, maybe. I don't know. If you get to hang out with like an actual rock band, like like Motley Crue, that'd be pretty tight. Nikki Six, I I would probably die though for sure.
0: Why Why do you think that?
2: I don't know, man. They were all drug, drugged out. It was like the it was like the eighties. I can't handle any of that.
0: Don't take the drugs.
2: Well, you think like Nikki Six is gonna let me say no to him when he's off like a eight ball? And no way. I don't know. We have to cut this out. Nah. It's
0: cool. Um I I don't like
2: I don't I don't do drugs. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good, Steve. <laughs> Good. We just bleep that entire segment, just everything I said. Kick one... saving the
1: beauty, Steve. <laughs> the puck was in the back of the net, and you just fished it out.
0: Uh, uh, review on the ice, no goal. God. I'll just take Aerosmith because I like their music, but I'd probably um, die too.
2: <laughs> Steven Tyler should have died like forty years ago. Yeah. Man.
0: <laughs> He's still cooking it.
1: Um, I'm gonna take an unconventional answer. We watched this Metallica documentary in one of my classes a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I don't know if they just decided to show. The behind the scenes of every worst Metallica song of all time, or Metallica is really that fucking bad outside of Enter Sandman. But I'm going to say anybody but Metallica because those guys seem like fucking snoozers and suck at music.
2: They're going to
1: come and kill you. We're all going to get killed in different ways. Well, one of them, yeah, no. So I'm going to say just anyone but Metallica.
2: If you want to listen to Metallica, just do yourself a flavor and listen to Black Sabbath instead. They're not good. I hope somebody's a really diehard Metallica fan. No, I know, know. I'm going to
1: get called out for this take.
2: Let me, let me look at their Spotify right now. I can't even think. Oh, Nothing Else Matters is a good song. The Unforgiven's pretty decent. Master of Puppets I haven't listened to in a while, but I hear people like it. Those are like the three songs I know by Metallica. So I, don't I know into- any of
0: those. Black all I cared there. to
1: know was Enter Sandman, and that's all I care to know.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: They're a one-hit wonder for all I know
1: that's all that's what i'm saying they, sh- they certainly aren't
0: but well you know uh next question comes in from matt uh he s- said how would you write wally into one of the oceans movies
2: into one of the what
0: the oceans movies never seen i,
2: them. I can almost guarantee yeah, i was gonna say Gardner's never seen those i actually haven't seen him either clausen have you seen any of those movies I don't look them up right now no. it's like the heist movies they like it's like a team. They assemble a team to like steal something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweak this question. Have you all seen like a James Bond movie? Imagine if Wally was just a Bond villain. That would be cool.
0: That'd be cool. How would I write him in? I'd probably... Well, you guys have seen... The, you've seen The Office, right? Yeah. You know the episode like Threat Level, threat level Midnight episode? Yeah. I'm going to say that Wally taking a page out of that book... Has planted a bomb in one of the baseballs, and he's gonna like give it to the like opposing pitcher. So when he throws it, and like someone's up at the plate and hits it, it's like Fenway Park gets blown into smithereens.
1: Um, I found the synopsis <laughs> for the first movie. This would explain it. That's so, how I'd write him in. Danny Ocean, played by George Clooney, is a man of action. Less than twenty-four hours into his parole. From a New Jersey penitentiary, the wry, charismatic thief is already rolling out his next plan. Follow the follow three rules: don't hurt anyone, don't steal from anyone who doesn't deserve it, and play the game like you've got nothing to lose. He's like Danny Robin orchestrates Hood orchestrates the most sophisticated, elaborate casino
2: heist in history. It's like Robin Hood. Yeah, so he probably keeps it all. Doesn't give to the poor.
0: Okay, I'm going to change my plan then, based off those three rules, because a bomb in a baseball would most certainly hurt at least one person. I'm gonna say that it would
2: probably hurt three,
0: definitely at least three. Yeah, I was also I'm not violent. Just like Steve doesn't do drugs, I'm not violent.
2: Okay, um, glad we're we're backtracking on these things that we're saying.
0: <laughs> I
2: uh, Clausen, I got it, I got it.
0: Hold Whatever you about me, to
2: say, Gardner, just let, let me finish just, my thought. Just go on. fuck yourself.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna finish my thought. I was gonna say Wally can trap he. Makes these baseballs that when thrown by a Red Sox pitcher at an opposing player, when it hits their bat, it somehow connects to their bank information, and Wally steals millions of dollars from MLB players.
1: Seems like an impossible plot line.
2: You know well, what I would do? I would be like, I guess home. I'll just go fuck myself too. I was I'd next to like line, home. but Steve's just cutting I'd right be like, front. home. And I wouldn't want to leave, but I really need groceries, so I'd have Wally go get them for me. He'd go, he'd go get the groceries for me. I wish I could do that in in real life with a real person.
1: Make Wally get your groceries? Yeah. Maybe that's what they made. Like you know, like when Bronson was saying that they had to have food like ordered to the hotel. Yeah. Yeah. You think Wally was making it? No. Well, here's my plan. <laughs>
2: Wally. Be,
0: wait, hold on. Is this the last time you're about to do this?
2: Are we going to be allowed... What? I don't know.
0: Huh? Are we going to be allowed to do, to do this anymore? See?
2: I think we can do it still.
0: Okay. I'm going to hit um, that something later in the episode. My
1: plan to write Wally into the Ocean series would be he goes out on this big elaborate plan to go kill Hal Steinbrenner, Steinbrenner the owner of the Yankees.
0: Didn't
1: he die? He's 52. It
2: was George Steinbrenner, I think. George Steinbrenner's uh, dead.
1: He's long dead.
0: This got violent very quickly.
1: Well, the three rules are don't hurt anybody. He's going to hurt Hal. Don't steal from anyone who doesn't deserve it. Hal deserves it. Play the game like you've got nothing to lose. Well, he's got, he's to got nothing lose to lose this. by taking the Yankees down.
2: Yep. Nothing to lose and everything to gain.
1: Exactly. Okay. And he he orchestrates the most sophisticated, elaborate transfer of power in Yankee history.
2: Wait, really? All right. So are you gonna do the ad read or what?
1: I guess should do it ad lib.
2: No, I think you should read it.
1: Instacart is an online grocery delivery app that allows you to handpick a variety of fresh foods and products. Forget that ingredient. You need to make your famous dish while watching the socks or you're like Wally and you're writing yourself into the Oceans 11 movie and you don't have time to go get groceries, order it through Instacart with delivery straight to your door in as fast as an hour. You can shop multiple stores. Uh, In your uh, area. I lost it. Uh, it. In your area. Multiple stores
2: in your area. Get delivery in as fast as an hour. Woo!
1: Always handle with care to make sure everything gets to you in one piece. Uh, I don't know what the deal is this week. But uh, yeah, use the link in our show notes. Order through Instacart. Instacart. There will not be a link in our show. woo. Well,
0: there won't be a link in our show notes. I can tell you that right now. There has been a link in the show notes for a very long time. So
2: I wonder if somebody's been like, dude, they keep saying there's a link in the show notes. <laughs> like and they're looking, just... they're
0: like, where, where is this thing? They, they say they had these great deals. At this point, it's just a joke. At This point, it's just a joke. But. We got something big uh, in the works. I'm hoping maybe we can announce this week.
2: Yeah, probably, maybe in our next episode at the end of the week. Actually, Matt had one more question.
0: Uh, last question comes in from Matt. He said, uh, how far could you drive if you could only move in reverse?
2: Depends how straight the road is, bro.
0: I don't know. Kind of far, but not that far. Feel That's like how it- fast I'm going. Yeah, there's a lot of variables.
1: Because, like, if I was going, like, 10 miles an hour going back, I don't see why I couldn't make it all the way. To where? Doesn't matter.
0: Okay. Is
1: there anybody else on the road?
0: I don't know. You guys, like, I'll ask the question, you, and then you ask me all these questions about the question. Like, I don't know.
2: Just looking sure. to you for some kind of confirmation, Gardner.
0: I get like I get yeah, probably. I would unless you're in like the middle of New Mexico or Arizona. Should we close out the ninth?
2: Yeah, I think we should close out the ninth. I agree. Closing at the ninth is big things soon. Not only for the Red Sox for but for Gone Bridge. Because when Gone Bridge is hot, the Red Sox are hot, the listeners are hot.
1: Robinson Cano got DFA'd. I think we should pick him up. He would fix our defense and base running issues.
0: Oh, good Lord. I could not take that. <laughs> I could not take that.
1: He's hitting 195 this year in 12 games. He would fix the Red Sox. Great guy in the locker room. Great guy at the plate. Great guy in the field. Yeah. Quick on the, quick on the bases. I heard him and DeAndre Hopkins are good
0: friends.
2: Oh, shout out Hop.
0: Did you see that, Steve? It did. Yeah,
2: looks like a Julian Edelman situation, if I ever, if I've ever seen one.
0: Did you see that there was light Beaver tranquilizer in his system?
2: I did not see that. That's the
0: hell what does, does that mean?
2: As opposed to heavy Beaver, even yeah. tranquilizer.
0: Yeah, but as opposed, someone actually in the comments was like, <laughs> they were like light, light move, not, not opting for the heavy <laughs> tranquilizer.
1: My guess would be that it like numbs your body so you can just like take hits. Yeah, Probably.
2: that makes sense.
1: Why beaver though? It's kind of like a because it's like a Horses small big. you wouldn't take like a gorilla tranquilizer because you're just gonna go down. <laughs> yeah. You know I mean? That's a good point.
2: We're bigger animals than beavers.
1: But that's why it's that's a good point. You get, you get like a micro dose. It's like microdosing on
2: beaver tranquilizer. Something like that, Classic. I think you're onto something. something. Like nice.
0: Um my closing out the ninth thought, win tomorrow. Oh, actually, my closing out the ninth thought, I wanted to, to – well, I wanted to talk Royals this episode, like just make it a whole Royals episode, because if you followed us last – it was like last August, when the Red Sox were doing bad, we like changed all our social media to Royals accounts, and that kind of pissed people off. So I was like, as a joke, I was like, oh, we're going to bring it back this week if the Red Sox lose the series. They did. I was like, we should talk some Royals today. And then they got swept by the Yankees. So I was like, that would just equally suck as much. But did you guys see their City Connect jerseys?
2: Yeah, we talked about them nice. uh, in our group chat. They're cool.
0: Yeah, I, I like them. They kind of remind me of the Cubs ones. They look similar. A little bit, yeah. A little bit. So with that being said, Gonebridge is back at Fenway a couple times this week, which will be cool. Hopefully that means that Clausen.
1: Hold on. Keep going. I might have to cut you off.
0: Okay. Well, well, you either say what you're going to say or you don't because I'm going to get on a roll and we're going to close out the
1: episode. Do you guys know that Aaron Baines is paralyzed? What? No? You know, um, oh, it, he's not paralyzed. Okay. Dumb. Some headlines.
0: Where did you read that? His wiki page?
2: No. <laughs> Twitter
1: got me. Yeah,
0: there you go.
2: He got caught by a stupid website. I it. saw, I
0: saw on Twitter today. It was one of those fake basketball news accounts. And it was like breaking James Harden out game one for erectile dysfunction.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Dumb anyway,
0: player. James Harden is playing tonight. Uh, if you enjoyed what you listened to, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at OnBridgePodcast. No Post
2: game though,
1: Aaron Baines is not. <laughs> Is not paralyzed. Don't don't fret. Johnny Laser confirmed not alive either, folks.
0: If you enjoyed what you listen to, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Gombridge Podcast and Twitter at Gombridge. Don't forget to subscribe to our episodes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to our podcast. And we will be back soon with episode eighty-four. See ya.